You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, 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 welcome to another edition of the Gym Day Podcast. And this is a very special edition because when... I'm going third person here. Jim Day was a little kid. He would look out on the Riverfront Stadium and idolize those that were out there, including Cactus Jack Billingham. The legend is here for the Jim Day podcast. How are we doing? We're doing excellent, but I don't know if that sounded real good when you were a little kid and you used to look out there. But I'm doing very well. Very well. Well, hey, you guys, I idolize each and every one of you. And... Um, one thing I've always said through the years, I mean, I love the grade eight and everything else, but the pitching staff did not get enough credit on those teams. And you guys have, uh, I don't want to say you've been not outspoken about it, but. Um, well, we have would... been outspoken about it because <laughs> the big eight, that's all you hear about. You know, <laughs> yeah. it takes 25 guys to make a Absolutely. baseball team. I and, mean, look at your World yeah. Series ERA. What was it? It's two, it, I know you I have to I gave know. up one run in yeah. 25 in it's a third inning. Unbelievable. But, but you look at the pitching staff. Yes, the pitching staff uh, was underrated. But everybody else was underrated. Bill Plummer, you yeah. know, Doug Flynn, Daryl Chaney, uh, everybody. We had 25 guys on the team that helped yeah. us win. You know, those guys weren't on the field every day. But uh, they were good. I mean, they were good. It, it made a pitcher feel very good going out there and know that they're going to score some runs for you. How – this might be the most – simple question you could ask someone um, that was on that team but what was it like did you at the moment feel like that you were on one of the greatest teams of all time or did it really set in years later you knew you were on a great team I you know I don't ever I don't believe in comparing one team to a team that played 50 years ago because of the equipment uh, everything uh, involved the players the weights mm-hmm. weights and the conditions uh but you knew you were good. When I got traded uh, from Houston, I was really enjoying Houston. I thought we had a pretty good team coming up. But uh, when they called me and told me I was going to uh, Cincinnati, I was pretty happy. You know, you, I knew Johnny Bench had been in the big leagues maybe a year or two. Pete Rose was over here. Tony Perez. I mean, it's just Lee May. I was disappointed that he went to Houston when yeah. I came over here. But you just knew they were good. Plus – Houston was a new team when you came when we came to Cincinnati there's history here there's fans here yeah uh, that have been their grandparents have been fans you know they listened to Wade Hoyt it was just a completely dis- different atmosphere when we did come here and you guys are so revered not only in Cincinnati and Reds country obviously but you were a national team back then I mean the Cincinnati Reds when they came into town it was it was a happening um how when you go around how how much are you like oh that's Jack Billingham right there big red machine (laughs) well I don't get noticed anywhere but in in Cincinnati you know I live down in Florida do you know that kills me well it, it it uh it doesn't kill me. You know, I got a normal life. I have a great time coming up here. The fans, yeah. we almost stayed here. We lived here six years, and we almost stayed here. Uh, we loved it so much. We loved the school system. Uh, what held you back, winter? <laughs> well, the winters, 
the winters are the same you know the yeah. trees look the same and the weather looks the same right now but yeah. uh, uh didn't mind the weather it was just uh both of my wife and my family were winter in winter park florida mm-hmm. orlando area and uh, family took us home uh that was the only thing that took us home yeah uh nowadays um i i wear like a badge of honor that someone like you even knows who i am and and i know that you cut it up a lot with the likes of marty brenneman you had mentioned lee may god rest his soul uh, lee may was i mean when you get you guys in a room and just jabbing at each other um you've always been known as a guy that gets under people's skin haven't you well Lee and I had a special thing going. Oh, you know, man, we, yeah. we do the fantasy camp, and one yeah. day we were sitting around, and he's telling everybody how he had hit home runs off me and, and chased the pigeons out of the stands up in the rafters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, and I would try to get back on him as much as possible, and I can't even remember him doing much. Uh, but he was the big bopper, oh, you yeah. know, the big bopper. And I checked his stats uh, against me, and he had one home run off me in 10, 10 years, the big bopper. What know? was his line, though, that one but, home run? Well, no, he he did. It was in Detroit. He didn't yeah. hit me a home run off me. And that's where he mainly said, you know, he, he killed two pigeons and, uh, you know, a <laughs> hundred of them took off in the stands because Detroit was an old stadium yeah. at the time. But uh, – then I brought out his stats, the one home run, and he hit 212 off of me and all this stuff. And he, his, his comeback was, Jack, I never learned how to hit that. You didn't throw hard enough. I never did learn how to hit a ball that took a first one hop to home plate or something like that. <laughs> and, and it was He just came back, so yeah. he, he was good. He, I always say, I didn't play with Jim Maloney, and I got to know him, and Lee May, I knew him a little bit, but I got to know him through uh, fantasy camp and – in different uh, functions, I wished I would have had the opportunity to play with those two guys because they're they're great people, they're yeah. great teammates, and he keeps the the clubhouse oh, laughing. Man. I, I, mean, I could, I mean, when he was alive, I could sit around just a whole day and listen to you guys just uh. cut it up, um, just fantastic. Tell me if this is true. Marty Brenneman has told the story that when he first came here in 1974. Um, he and man, he he's eating announcers alive that do this. But he would refer to the team as we. He would use it even on the air. We won. We lead. And he said after a game one night, he said something to the effect of, uh, "Hey, we really played a good game tonight." And you came back and said, "Well, how many innings did you play?" Well, uh, I didn't say innings. I said, "How many hits did you get sitting up there in the booth?" <laughs> Or something to that, and he remembered that, and he said he totally it, changed. He said it changed him a little bit that he started uh, being a little critical or truth, true about yeah. ball players. Ball players don't, uh, you know, like to be told that they right. hung, hung a curveball or right. took a bad swing or something like that. But Marty, I mean, he's made his living. He's been known to. If, uh, so it's your fault that nah, he, it's he's not got my, all these It's not my fault. Oh. No, he didn't get any hits. How could it be my fault? <laughs> well, you just said you changed him, and he started nah. being critical. You know, all you players that might be listening out there, Jack Billingham, it is his fault. For you sound just like him. That's good. I like that. Uh, no, Marty and I have been uh, really good friends over the years. Uh, 
uh, and he's he's great. He's great. And if ball players don't like, you know, that's part of announcing. That's part yeah. of y'all's job is telling it how it is. Right. You know, and no, I didn't want somebody to tell me, you know, I hung a curl brawl, but I'm the first to know I did it. You know, I see the ball go by my ear and out of the ballpark. I know I hung it. Oh, yeah. You know, well, uh, you were part of his first half inning, yeah. unfortunately. What do you mean first half inning? What Weren't you on the mound for Hank Aaron's? I was on the mound. You had to bring that up. I didn't. <laughs> so I'm sorry. sorry no. yeah. I made him famous right off the bat. Yeah. You know, his, uh, That's what I'm saying. You, the you, first inning of, of 74, his first job. Yeah. Uh, boom. Hank Aaron hitting 714 off me. There you go. And then so, you set him straight. You've just made the career. We can say it right now. You made, made the career of Marty Brenneman. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's had a great career, oh, and no he's doubt. good. He's yeah. good. He's, well, he's I, the I best. enjoy. Yeah. And I did tell Marty one time that uh, him and Nuxall both I told because I love Nuxall. Nuxall is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. you know, you're not going to be able to replace – Marty, but you're surely not going to replace no. uh, Marty Brenneman or Bernie Stowe, the clubhouse guy that made his his whole life with it. Yeah. You know, with, uh, but I told uh, told them both one day in the clubhouse. I was sick and I stayed home and I listened to the game on TV. And I told him, I said, I know why attendance is up. Nobody wants to stay home and listen to you two on radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, but they they were good. They were good. I have a. I hope you don't take this question the wrong way, but uh, Sparky was your manager, um, revered in Reds country. I love the guy, um, Hall of Fame manager. But at the time, not necessarily the starting pitchers were the biggest fans of Sparky. He was known as Captain Hook, which means the starting pitchers coming out earlier than maybe other managers at that time. Was there resentment at the time of your natural competitiveness? That Completely. Yes. Okay. I was trying to ask it delicately, yes. but come no, on with no, it. No, no, no. Uh, you know, you're out there competing, and you yeah. feel that you're not tired or it's not time to take you out of a ball game. Uh, and here comes this little white-haired guy running out to the mound. You know, <laughs> it, it doesn't make you happy. Yeah. You know, And he had rules. So if he ran out there, he was going to tell you something. If he walked out there, you were out of the game. So as soon as he walked out of the dugout and started walking, you know, I'm sitting there saying a few choice words on him. Come on, you little short, short-legged, start running. Start moving those legs a little bit. Because I want him to tell me something. I didn't want him. But back yeah. then, I look back at it, and, you know, it's the, the boss-employee relationship. He's my boss, and I got to do what he tells me to do. I wasn't too sure about his decisions sometimes. I respected, mm -hmm. and he always said, don't show me up on the mound, and I won't show you up. So it was a respect thing, yeah. but I still didn't like what he what he did. But uh, he's one of the first managers, if you look back, that had a bullpen yeah. that he could go to early. Now he's way ahead do. of his time as far as yeah, that goes. All these people, starting pitcher goes 100 pitches, and they're out of the ball game. Does no that drive when. you crazy? Oh. Does that drive you nuts? It would have if I – I mean – Yes. <laughs> I mean, you feel like you're not – if you only go five innings, you feel like you have not had a good night, right? You haven't helped your team. Well, yes, that's true. And I every time I went out there, I tried to get the team into being in the game, hopefully ahead of the game, in the seventh, eighth inning. Yeah. You know, I knew we had stoppers. We had Raleigh Eastwick, Will McEnany, Clay Carroll, Pedro Bourbon. That's one reason Sparky would come get us. He could right. play – he could pitch every day. So uh, – 
you know, yes, Sparky and I had our differences, and I talked to him a few times, and I was talking to a wall. <laughs> he, he didn't really uh, listen to me. He always said his door was open, and his door was open, but he didn't listen. He, you know, I could have been talking to the wall, but Sparky and I be, and were good friends. Sparky's a great man, but uh, it's the boss, uh, you know, player relationship. Right. But, uh, no, I, I did have a few differences and talks with him and everything, but uh, it all working out. And later in my career. I actually felt that I pitched healthy until I was 37 years old, which back then was uh, pretty pretty old. Yeah. And I felt one reason is because Sparky pulled me out of those games early. Because when you really hurt your arm when you're a pitcher is when you get up to 100, to me back then, 120, 30, right. 40 pitches, you're straining a little bit more and you could put a little bit more uh, – tweak or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it on your arm so I, I felt that I maybe had pitched two more years in the big leagues with help from Sparky no oh, that's interesting right there because yeah, so, I mean if someone throws 120 130 pitches nowadays I mean they, their arms gonna fall off yeah uh, so but, uh, it, you know there's there's you can bring up the old timers who pitched you know I pitched 297 innings one year and led the National League and completed 16 I mean, games. we celebrate someone getting close to 200 innings yeah. now. Well, who was it, Marty or somebody told me that last year I completed more games than the whole National League did. Uh, or the year before, I completed 16 ball games, And yeah. that's with Sparky being a manager. That right. was a miracle right there. Oh, yeah. Well, he'd but, come uh, out with that. He'd actually a, accentuate it, too. You can't see what I'm doing, obviously, on audio. But the Captain Hook, he would call for the left-hander like this. He yeah. <laughs> said he wasn't showing you up, but it was quite the hook he that was, he was giving. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you a funny story. I, I, I thought of this the other day. I started a game in the first inning against Pittsburgh. Uh, Bob Robertson was a big, strong uh, first baseman outfielder. He hit a line drive back up the middle off my foot, and, and it knocked me off my feet, and I couldn't, I couldn't feel my foot. It just kind of hit something. So I'm cr crawling towards the ball, and I get the ball and try to get the guy out. At first, well, the guy was safe. But in the meantime, I didn't know it. I was sitting there trying to get up and, you know, walk it off. Sparky made a motion to get a right-hander up to replace me if I was hurt. But it ended up, after a few minutes, I was walking around, I was fine. Well, Bill Verdon saw Sparky go to the bullpen with the right arm, and he was trying to get the right-hander up to replace me if I was hurt. But Verdon said he made a motion to bring in the right-hander. So they took me out of the game and brought in the right-hander. Sparky was mad as heck. But uh, that's how used he was going to the bullpen. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was out of the game having a Budweiser <laughs> Very behind. Nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, 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 he was – Definitely Captain Hook. No doubt about it. Who did you hang around with on that team? Who was, who was your, at well, the time, have, your best friends with? Uh, well, they still are. Daryl Chaney, you know, Gary Nolan, Don Gullett. Uh, you know, I was Tommy Hume's first roommate. Uh, you know, I th that was about it, you know. Uh, we, but we hung out. The pitchers hung out together. Freddie Norman. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the names and everything. We had groups. We had the pitchers group. Gary I mean, Nolan. Gary Nolan. What a funny guy he was. Yeah. Don Gullett was very Clay nice. Carroll. The Hawk. The, the Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. The Hawk. We hung out with him. 
the, the teammates back then, you went out with a group almost yeah. every night. So you didn't hang so, with the great eight. Were you not allowed, or you just a, it was a pitcher hitter, pitcher position player kind of separation kind of thing? Well, most of the time you didn't want to because they were so popular. You're in a place everybody would come and yeah. just want autographs and everything right. else. You know, people don't realize it's a tough. You know, you, oh, yeah. it's a tough gig when you're famous i guess i don't know but i watched it a few times but you know you'd be eating breakfast with pete and all of a sudden kids would start coming in which is nice but people want their their time and a lot of those guys never got their time you know so yeah and especially i mean you look back the commercials and such that pete did i mean pete and johnny were national guys um the whole team jill morgan i mean i mean i i can see how a guy like you wouldn't want to hang out with them just no, because you well, like to do your own thing and kind of right um, right i mean uh you know you pick your friends and they had other people they had agents they had friends you know they were popular people yeah. we weren't very popular you know we went out with each other they they were asked out and usually could eat pretty cheap you know uh <laughs> they they uh, they they rode their program pretty good do you um you see the what starting pitchers are making nowadays do you envy that is there any resent at all or how do you look at that i mean you're seeing guys sign 100 200 million dollar contracts i told somebody i spent uh, 38 years in baseball i hadn't made a million dollars yet wow and uh no i'm not what i resent a little bit is we went on strike when I played a lot, and we got a lot, we gained a lot of ground, and that's what the ball players today are living off of, free agency, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, there's a lot of players that played in the big leagues that don't have the benefits players have today as far as life insurance, yeah. a retirement fund. When I got out of the game, you needed 10 years in the big leagues to be fully vested in the retirement fund. Uh, but the average ball player played in the big leagues four years, you know, so it, right. it just didn't work out. Now I think you need 45 days to get a pension and the money they're making. Insurance, if you wanted to keep major league insurance, it got so expensive where it was $25,000 a year for the ball, old ball players. And they could have done something to pick up some of the little things that right. mean, mean a lot today. You know, you can't live without hospitalization. No doubt. Uh, and uh, it would be, to me, very easy for them to pick up. There's, I heard 60% of old ball players don't have uh, hospitalization, mm. you know. Wow, but, but little so, things. so much the money salaries, being made today, that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, that's the salaries, I'm going, people say, don't you wish you were born today? No, no. <laughs> That's a silly question, you know. I, <laughs> uh, I, I, I really don't. I had a great career. I had fun. Baseball does take care of me. I got a couple of pensions, a minor league pension, a big league pension, and then Uncle Sam, the Social Security. So my right. wife and I are very, very fortunate. That's uh, I tell people when they ask me that, I say I made better, more money in Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth would really be bad right now. Uh, could you imagine mad. what yeah. Babe Ruth was signed for right now? Oh, my goodness. You know, those guys played the for the first $400 million. Yeah, man. well, I came up with the Dodgers uh, in 68, and I think in 67, Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax went on strike together to make $100,000 a piece. 
And That's you're talking crazy. about two Hall of Famers. Two Hall of Famers, two of the best mm-hmm. ever do it. Well, we are recording so. this at Reds Fest. We're on a tight schedule. You've got to be elsewhere because you are an important man. You've got to go sign some autographs. They're you know? lined up for miles. They are lined up for miles. I would <laughs> line up for miles again. Do you sign Cactus Jack on there or just Jack Billing? I just signed Jack Billingham, but everybody in, Billingham. Line, everybody in line right now has no hair or gray hair. <laughs> Billingham's long enough to sign. Hey, we appreciate the time. Uh, Thank you. It's always fun. I mean, to come here, just the people yeah. of Cincinnati are great, and the fans are great. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, many more healthy years, my friend. I hope. I hope. So far, so good. That is Jack Billingham. It is the Jim Day Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Jim Day TV. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and you never know who's next on the Jim Day Podcast. See you next time. <laughs> You're laughing at that. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But you're good, too.